As we come to the ministry of the Word this afternoon, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. As our Risen Hope family would know, we've been spending a good amount of time in Matthew over the last 18 or 19 months, uh, taking it section by section to allow our Lord and Savior, King Jesus, to teach us His truth. We are told in Matthew 28 to teach everything the Lord has commanded us. And so we have been careful in handling what the Lord has taught in His Word, in the Gospel of Matthew, in handling it and teaching it to His disciples, to you and to ourselves. And so... We come uh, this afternoon to Matthew 27, the second to the last chapter of the book, with just a handful of messages to go in this study. Our approach today is going to be different in that my comments are going to be very brief as we start, because we want to leave plenty of room for the reading of the entire account of our death, the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The death of Jesus may have surprised many, but for those who have been with us throughout this study, you will know that the death of Jesus did not surprise Jesus. This is, after all, why he came. As the angel announced prior to his birth, he came to save his people from their sins. And throughout Matthew, Jesus has told us repeatedly that he was going to die. He has told us why he was going or how he was going to die by being betrayed and delivered over to the hands of wicked men. He has told us why he was going to die to be a ransom for many and for the forgiveness of sins. And he has told us what would happen after he died that he would be raised from the dead. And so now we, we come to the historical account of what actually happened in the hours leading into his crucifixion and right up to his death. And I happen to believe that a simple but thoughtful and careful reading of this entire account will do our souls great good today. And so in essence, that is my sermon for you today. And as we read this word, We might do well to keep in mind what the prophet Isaiah said over 700 years before this event. He will be despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was pierced through for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With that prediction in mind, now hear with reverence, hear with gratitude the reading of God's Word as we hear God's inspired account of the greatest search and rescue effort effort that was ever made and successfully accomplished, the crucifixion, of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the reading of God's Word, beginning in verse 1. When morning came, 
all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate and the governor. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, He took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters 
And they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. And they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests, with the scribes and elders, mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, which was 12 o'clock noon, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, 
they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to Him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea, named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. And thus did Good Friday come to an end. One can well imagine that the whole cosmos stood in stunned mystery and wonder and awe, wondering what would happen next. The question for us is, what just happened here? Jesus made himself of his own free will, constrained and moved by a heart of love, made himself a ransom for many. The Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. According to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is of first importance that Christ died for our sins. And so grateful was the Apostle Paul for this dying of Christ that on another occasion he wrote, Far be it from me to boast in anything except 
the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the Christian, for the true child of God, this is our one and our only boast. Jesus died for us. Dear believer, this was for you. This was for me. This was for us. This is not the rich man's God or the poor man's God or the white man's God or the black or brown man's God. This is the God who so loved the world. The world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. And so the question for each of us here this afternoon is, is this your God? As you, as you have listened to His voice through His Word expressing His love poured out on the cross, the question is, is this your God and your Savior? All who are the true people of God will say, Amen and Amen. This is my Savior and this is my Lord. Let's pray. Father, You have declared to us that Your Word will never go out and then return to You empty without accomplishing its purpose in our lives. This afternoon, we have let Your Word speak for itself. We have heard it read simply and humbly. And Lord, it has spoken power and wonder and gratitude and joy and astonishment into our hearts. Love so amazing, so divine. We pray, O oh Lord, that the word read will become the word believed and the word lived so that we individually, we congregationally, and many more, many more in churches across the land and across the world, many more will say, this is our Savior and this is our Lord. This is of first importance. He died for our sins. Father, we thank You that even though Good Friday came to an end, Good Friday is not the end. Resurrection Day came, and He who died rose again as Lord and King and Savior. We look to Him, and we love Him. This we pray. Amen.